Welcome back, everybody, to another installment of our look at, uh, what is the name of the show? Monarch Legacy of Monsters. We really know what we're talking about here at the Jurassic Park Podcast when it comes to the Godzilla universe. So make sure you're watching us for all the in-depth analysis of this universe. But we are talking about episode seven uh, of Monarch Legacy of Monsters. And I am here with none other than Agent T. No, it's not Agent T. It's Tom Jurassic this week. What's up, Tom? Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I feel like I got a good feeling that you really like this episode. I, I feel like that's probably the case, right? Uh, I screamed at my TV on more than one occasion watching this one. Um, <laughs> and I will say coming into this one, my friend had given me a heads up that it was focused more on May's story. So he had said it was a little bit slower. Um, but for me, I actually really enjoyed this episode because of what we unravel as we're learning more about May's story. Yeah, I um, I liked it, but I, I, I don't I think it maybe is my least favorite so far of the bunch. Yeah. Um, but but that being said, there was so many really cool things like revealed in this episode and like like threads and connections between things and i'm like my mind was getting blown but at the same time i was like i felt maybe a little disconnected from the storytelling like the way it was told i yeah. don't know if i i don't know there's something about how it how it all connected that i was like i don't i don't know where we're going with this so um yeah but anything else before we get into it you want to mention before we uh dive into the uh you know kind of scene by scene? yes actually yes um because it's relevant i and this is the first thing I've recorded since watching Godzilla 1998 for the first time. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> you, you had asked, you had asked, um, I don't know, a few weeks ago, you're like, hey, is this, uh, is this Godzilla 1998 <laughs> yeah. worth a buy? And, and like, you got kind of roasted in a chat. I where, got like, eviscerated. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was like, dude, what, what did you, like, I said, like, what did you just say to me? Are you kidding me? Like, you got to be buying this movie. Like if it's a if it's a good deal, just pick it up, man. Because, and while it's not like a very traditional great Godzilla movie, it's it it is something, like I think something really special. Now maybe for your from your perspective, it's being somebody that never saw it before, maybe it's not hitting you the same way. But back in 1998, like dude, that movie hit us like so good, yeah. and it was just it was just so of its time. Uh, very clearly when you're watching it, but uh, I think it I think it's so much fun. I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack is one of my fa most favorite things of all time, and I just have a good time with that movie. I remember that is a movie I remember going to see for the first time. So I that doesn't always happen for me. I don't remember seeing yeah. Jurassic Park or The Lost World. I remember seeing Godzilla 1998. So and this what did is you why think? we're becoming a Godzilla podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I actually really enjoyed it. I thought some of it was like really stupid in terms of how it played out, but it's kind of got that sort of popcorn flick-esque quality of um, yeah. like late like 90s sci-fi film. And I thought it was really cool how they managed to um find a reason for godzilla to stay on the island of manhattan and how that kind of all plays out was really really cool i mean it, it shows that in a franchise it's possible to take big creatures into a heavily populated environment and have a compelling reason for them to stay there right <laughs> we, we don't need to yeah we don't need to get into that too far uh but <laughs> Dude, I just I love that 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 uh moment. Like I know it's so wild and crazy, but like in um and and it, there was a moment that reminded me of that in like the first episode. I feel like when when there was all those eggs planted around and stuff. Yes. Like, I uh it, it reminds me of you know the Madison Square Garden scene in, yeah. in Godzilla '98, and I was like I just love that sequence because at that time, like you know, as a Jurassic fan, I was all about the raptors and just like how cool they were, and then now we're getting our very own kind of raptor-esque kind of version of Godzilla. Yeah. You know, these miniatures. It was like really such a fun sequence. I love that. that oh, well, that's so actually much. a really cool Jurassic Park reference as well, isn't it? In a sense, the self-breeding that leads to Godzilla having all of those eggs is mm -hmm. obviously akin to what happens with the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that Nick Tatopoulos and right. Is that, is that, <laughs> yeah. that was his name. Um, uh, it was just a fun movie, and and yeah, he's Matthew Broderick is so fun to watch on that movie. So like silly and aloof, and yeah, uh, and there's just a lot of really fun characters I think in that movie. So it's definitely like of its time and very different than 
uh, any other Godzilla movie, but and, and yeah. the design is certainly unique, but like still very cool. I think I, I, I love that design. It's fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I was a little worried. You know, we were all hyping it up so much, <laughs> but like I think you did have to be there maybe to really, really love it like we do. But like it's you know it's unique. So I'm glad you had a yeah. good time with it. Um, all right. So episode seven. This one kicks yes. off. Uh, and and we get to see emerging from the sand Godzilla. Emer no wait, that was Tim, wasn't it? It was Tim this time. Uh, Tim is alive. Yes, and emerging from the sand. I I just love that sequence. I thought it was too fun. Like as soon as we see the helicopter crash, I'm like, oh yeah, we we know he's alive. I mean, I had a good yeah. feeling he was alive, but like. We get to see him emerging from the sand, just like Godzilla did in the previous episode. And I thought that was a pretty fun little reveal there. Yeah. I love how his reaction is kind of like us, where he's like, what the f... Because I feel <laughs> yeah. like we're sat there, like, the rest of the crew's dead, all of these trained soldiers are dead, but Tim's alive. <laughs> but I I'm here? Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like he just keeps getting thrown into situations that he really doesn't want to be a part of. And, yeah. uh, and it's funny. It's, it's funny. Uh, so we, we get to cut back to uh, an Algerian airport. Um, I'm assuming within walking distance. Nice. Not too far away. Uh, yeah. but, but Kate and Kentaro are there. They're questioning, like, what, what was their dad doing? Like, you know, why did he just run away? We questioned that last week yeah. as well. Like, uh, Kate's kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt, saying like, "Yeah, maybe he had a reason. He was trying. Maybe he was trying to like." He do was something. going to his yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that's the big reveal at the end of the series. Yeah. Uh, Kentaro's really, really angry at him. Like, why? What he saw us? Like, there was confirmation. Like, I was maybe wondering if he so actually like recognized them or anything. But Kentaro's like, "Yeah, he saw us, and he still left." Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm I'm done. So, um, and uh, at that same time, May is in the bathroom, and 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 she gives this this quote of like, I, I've never been kidnapped before. So how does this work? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. We cut to the I, uh, the intro there. Or the, I, the I liked scene. how the the way that they present the people who are kidnapping her is very similar to Monarch in terms of the fact that it almost has this shady kind of government vibe about it where you just see um, from the neck down these two men in suits walk into the bathroom and you're like, okay, this is quite serious. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like when I was watching this episode, I was very confused at this moment because yeah. she's... Obviously, they're staging a kidnapping, right? And you could tell she wasn't, like... She was still, like, nervous-looking, but she didn't look like, oh, my God, I'm getting kidnapped, you know, like like you yeah. would. Um, so I was very confused because in the previous episode, she, like, reveals, like, oh, that she was, you know, basically using them as leverage this whole time and that she's been talking with people and stuff. So at that moment, I was like, well, why is she... Sta why are they staging this... And so I'm thinking in my mind, oh, it's Monarch or whatever. I, I didn't really know what was happening. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was just, I just found it like confusing. So, you know, obviously it reveals as the episode goes on. But um, for me, I was like, okay, all right. Well, at least she's safe flying on this plane. There's nothing really bad going on. So, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it does bring us to uh, Seattle three years earlier. Yes. And uh, and May is there, or uh, well, yeah, May is there. We'll say uh, talking. She's talking about coding and just like you know, I'm so good at coding. Blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> and it, there's like there's like a friend there or a potential business partner or somebody like that. We don't really know at that moment. You know, they're having like a nice little dinner, and this person's like, hey. You know, I know you got a lot of offers and stuff, but like, I think you really should join us. Um, do you have any takeaways from this moment in time? Because like, I, for me, I'm just like, okay, what is happening here? Like, what is the setup? Like, where are we going? Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting because it's kind of your quite typical um, manipulation of a younger person going into a career, isn't it? Where you have somebody who's sort of promising the world essentially to try and appeal to this person, um, and that for me means that ultimately she goes for it yeah you know i was getting the, those vibes as well like <laughs> i i wasn't being tricked i felt like you know whoever this person is is, is obviously part of the problem uh yeah. of what she's afraid of so i she was given a very nice like you know introduction and you know she gives that like moment where she's like 
She's like, girl, look, I'm tired. Like, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I need. If you want to join us, sure, that would be great. But uh, I know you got other places maybe to check out or whatever. Using so, the old Uno reverse card, <laughs> yeah. the relatability. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't falling for it. I wasn't buying it. It was wor- <laughs> It was like it was believable, but I, I just wasn't buying it. You know, like I could yeah. see how May was buying it though. Um, but yeah, so I, I like it. We're going, we're going all over the place. We're three years earlier now. So, uh, but then we're gonna go back to the current timeline and and. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a, a very sandy Tim work, walks into the airport. Man, and... I felt for Tim <laughs> in this moment so yeah. much. I was just laughing very hard because, like, throughout this scene, he's just downing waters, and they're just it's spilling <laughs> yeah. all over him. And it's like he just he just had a time, you know. He he just walked out of the <laughs> desert. It was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, at this time, you know. Kate is yelling at him. He's like, you know, he's he's been through it, and and she's like, "What did you do with May? Where is May?" And and he's like, "Well, uh, you know, he's talking about actually first he's talking about their their grandparents and like their their plan for Monarch and how it was very important for the yeah. world and all that stuff and you know saying he really admired like them and and uh, and their dad as well and that maybe he was trying to figure out a way to like you know to stop the next G Day." Um, which, you know, uh, I, I feel like we probably assume that, but like, you know, we don't know what the heck that guy's up to. But um, Kintaro, <laughs> like I said, he wants to be done looking for the dad. He's like, I, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. Um, but uh, at that same time, uh, Tim goes back on the phone uh, with yes. Verdugo and is like, hey, uh, you know, guess guess what happened? Uh, Godzilla woke up and uh, it just walked away and it just disappeared. Like I I loved his little speech there about, you know, he appeared out of nowhere and then he just disappeared. Like it was really funny, (laughs) but she wants him to get back here or else he's fired basically uh, or suspended. So I thought that was a a great little scene there. I thought, um, so there were a couple of takeaways I had around this, which was again, Tim talking about the grandparents legacy, but not talking about Shaw, um, which is Mm, quite interesting because that kind of further reinforces that split between Bill and Keiko and obviously Lee and whatever has happened after the events that we saw unfold in the last episode. Well, but he Um, he definitely has admired him, I feel like, right? Like, didn't he say, so, so it's not like he's you know, distancing his thoughts, uh, uh, I guess, but maybe, maybe the thoughts about Monarch and, and those people, you know, so I guess maybe that's where he's going. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think it was interesting that Verdugo, um, her tone shifted when he mentioned Godzilla. So you could see that again, that emotional impact, Mm -hmm. um, which gets hinted at, I think a little bit later on as well, in terms of what she might have experienced. Um, And also I like the fact that she sort of says she doesn't have any resources to allocate and at one point threatens to suspend him because it's again, that whole idea of actually this organization knows that this crisis is unfolding but the bureaucracy of this organization is stopping them from responding to it and Verdugo is kind of the vessel for that where you see that she's so entangled in all of the sort of hierarchical processes of Monarch that you then get that juxtaposed in the next scene where we go to obviously Outpost 88 and see what the flip side of that looks like yeah and and it does bring us to that that outpost in Alaska and um uh, Barnes is at this outpost reading those signals again. There's all these signals, and uh, but you know, basically saying the same things that we've heard before. Look, it's like the same as a uh, G day. It's it's about the same. Um, yeah. And at that, she goes to the bathroom at one point, and then the power goes out at the computer stations. And at that point, Shaw busts in with uh, with his ex monarch crew, and uh, and and Duvall is part of that as well. Um, yeah. And then Barnes comes back from the bathroom, spots Shaw, and then goes to call Verdugo and, like, tries to run out of there. Uh, Duval almost spots her, but, like, she gets away. So uh, it, it definitely... I, I appreciated the way that, like, Shaw went into this. He's like, hey, look, I'm I'm not... We're not here to, to be, like, enemies or whatever. I'm just going to, like... You know, if you want... He was about to, like, start a deal. We didn't really... I don't feel like we really got to hear the yeah. full sense of the deal or whatever that he was going to make with these people. But I assumingly it's like, Hey, you know, we're going to take this back. And and if you want to work with us, great. If you're not going to work with us, all right, leave. Um, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm very interested in his motivation currently and, and what, it, yeah. what he's, what he's doing. Um, and we, we'll get to more of that. Uh, I think towards the end of the episode as well. 
Yeah, so I find I find it really interesting because obviously the parallel with this is um, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, where Alan Jonah's group take over the outpost that Mothra is at right at the start mm-hmm. of the film. And yeah. it's really interesting seeing how there's parallels there in terms of the characters taking over these monarch facilities, but the approach, like you say, is very different. Because um, in that situation, Jonah goes in and obviously he kills everyone. You, know, yeah. you have that <laughs> scientist played by the comedian yeah. who's like, please don't shoot me, and then he just does it anyway. Um, whereas in this, at least Shaw isn't going in guns blazing, so that does suggest that he's there's still a chance at redemption for his character and perhaps there is a purer motivation behind what he's doing than um, necessarily a character like Jonah in the universe who's doing it for more mm-hmm. villainous motivations. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very interested in his storyline. I think mm. um, maybe maybe more than most of the characters, uh, just just because like we've, we've seen these so many different errors between him and and you know seen him at his best i think this is payback my my theory right is this is payback for bill getting in the way of him getting makeko hmm oh interesting okay (laughs) you 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 got the theories man i'm gonna let you have that one uh but we cut back to the airport we're spending a lot of time at this airport um and tim's like you know all right i'll help you i'll help you find your dad um and he didn't even know like hiroshi had two kids so he's he like admired uh hiroshi but like and his work, but didn't even really know much about him. He and of course yeah. we get the pencil shaving. Shout out to the pencil <laughs> shavings. I uh, can't go an episode without pencil shaving. I'm gonna go to Comic Con <laughs> cosplaying as pencil shavings. You definitely got to. <laughs> um, and is it's at this point where Tim's like, you guys didn't know, but like her her real name isn't May. She's using fake yeah. passports and all this stuff. And then we get that cut to um, 30 months earlier where we see that. Her name is actually Cora, um, and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, Agent T over here is getting excited. Uh, <laughs> but thirty months earlier, uh, Cora slash May, uh, and when I was doing my notes, I'm like, I don't which which one should I write? Like, I want to, I don't want to confuse myself. Like, uh, so I just wrote Cora slash May every time, <laughs> uh, and she's. She's working with this previous person that we saw in that dinner sequence. Um, yes, Brenda. But she doesn't. Brenda. Okay, uh, I just you know in my notes I just wrote boss because I didn't I didn't know uh, what to call her so I just wrote boss um, and uh, and May slash Cora doesn't really like what she's doing she doesn't feel like valued in her position she wants to work on more important things but they won't let her she's yes. not gonna let her do that and 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 this person's the boss uh, Brenda is like you know kind of giving it back to her like you know uh everything that you do here is is our property and like you know you can't do this it's not it's not uh within your um pay grade or whatever and uh, so she's really giving it back to her that like you can't be doing this just yet but like focus on what you're doing at the moment i guess maybe you'll get there yeah i am i'm just doing a google very quickly because i've just had something flash into my brain oh no <laughs> That's really awkward. I just had an Instagram message pop up at the same time as I clicked my search bar, so that person's just got ignored. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're on, you just left them is. on red. Good job, dude. They're gonna see that and be like, um, he doesn't want to respond to me. <laughs> no, so it's applied experimental technologies. I'm just curious because I know that you had said I'll have to go back and watch it because I'm curious as to whether this is the same company that was making the bunker. Because I know you made a point of saying that they actually said the company name in that episode. So oh no, it was it was it was something else completely. Um, something okay. with an S. Uh, I have it in my notes somewhere. I'll try to look for it, but uh, I don't think it was that same. No, same name. Cool. Um, okay, so but yeah, th- this whole section as she was walking through, I was kind of looking at the the like walls, the documents on the different cubicles and everything, trying to work stuff out because <laughs> we'll talk about it more at the end, but to 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 share the big reveal because I think it's quite crucial at this point. AET or advanced um exper- applied experimental technologies is the precursor for Apex within the Godzilla universe. Now, you don't find this out until the end of the episode, but I had written down in my notes um, Apex with a question mark when she started talking about the cybernetic neural interface unit 
because that instantly I was like, what is the technology that Apex uses with King Ghidorah in uh, Godzilla versus Kong to make Mecha Godzilla? It's all linked to the like neurons of the skull. So right off the bat there, I was like, this is definitely connecting to Godzilla versus Kong and well, Apex, which yeah. something I theorized on the pod before. Um, uh, <laughs> Well, I, and you, is... I, I don't know if you mem- mentioned it in the recording, did you? But like, there, you had told me that you heard um, Brenda say something about like, oh, this. Yes, I'm um, about to come on to that. Okay. All right. So she says um, in this whole sequence, she's talking about the rebrand taking a lot of time, um, and she says she's holding Walter's hand twenty four seven, and that's like a don't pay much attention and you miss it details. So I didn't catch it. Yeah, on my I did, first didn't watch. even realize. <laughs> but the first name of Walter is the same name as Walter Simmons, who is the CEO of Apex in Godzilla versus Kong and the person who dies when Mechagodzilla breaks out. So that yeah. is connecting Brenda to Walter as another leader in Apex. Um, so yeah. I just, I found this whole thing really, really interesting because I've been saying to you, the fascinating thing to me is where are these other entities that we've seen throughout the MonsterVerse operating at this time? And this episode does a fantastic job of showing us where Apex was at this time. And it also sets a tone for Monarch being complicit in what happens in the future of the organization, which we'll talk about later. So I really, really enjoyed this inclusion. Yeah. And again, it's just another one of those little details that like, um, that like you don't even really need to even notice like uh, i didn't i didn't uh catch the walter you know comment like you had said so yeah. i didn't i didn't connect any dots i know later on we do get the name simmons like she i think she's on the phone with simmons yeah and hangs it up and um I and you were like, Simmons. oh, Agents of yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. crossover. <laughs> no, I was like, I, I, I figured if there's going to be a name mentioned here, like Simmons, I feel like it's got to be some sort of connection. I didn't get to look into it before recording this, but you did, obviously, and I appreciate that. So thank you. But like, uh, but the, 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 the connections here are so cool. Like, I, I just love that. Yeah. Like, like, it's revealing things that me as as a very decently sized fan of this this franchise, like. I just don't know all the ins and outs, and I think that stuff is really cool, and it and it and it's layered in there, and and uh, yeah. you know if you want to find it, it's there. So I thought that was pretty cool. But um, I, do, I do think, like in in terms of storytelling, I just want to say because this episode particularly made me feel this way. This is an absolutely fantastic piece of writing in terms of layering in lots of different elements of the wider world building because i think when you tell a retrospective story there's always a chance that you're gonna undo certain details i mean you know we could point to some elements of count cretaceous that aren't popular with people for that reason um but i feel like this show does such a fantastic job of staying in its lane with where it is in the monsterverse while also connecting the dots as to how different films get from one to the other well yeah this is how you you treat it you treat it with like respect uh within the universe and say like uh you know we're gonna tell the story throughout all these mediums and not just one yeah. you know not just film um so that's that's where this franchise really pays off i think is by giving it the respect it deserves throughout the different mediums um but yeah that's the this show's really layering in stuff and the way that it's flashing between timelines and giving us the information we need and and kind of revealing it in in such a cool way where like, you know, subtle details are just given to us throughout the episode. And then there's, there's always like a big reveal towards the end or something. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. So after this, this sequence, we, we do cut back to the current timeline and, uh, Barnes was finally able to get a hold of Verdugo fills her in on what's going on with Shaw and, uh, Shaw's there, you know, and he wants to take like all of the weapons. It looks like there was like weapons, maybe some bombs and stuff, equipment, whatever it was at that outpost. He's like, take it all. Let's go. We got to get out of here yeah. or whatever. So, uh, very quick scene, but, um, but then we do cut to Tacoma, Washington, Tim, Kate, Kintaro pull up to, uh, May's house and, uh, and yeah, either I know you're laughing already because there was a really funny sequence. <laughs> Tim's trying to Tim's trying to get like super serious about like following his lead, and then he goes and trips on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's too funny. Like I love when somebody like is you know 
try, try to take me seriously for a second and then does something that you can't take them seriously. That's, <laughs> but they end up going inside talking to, um, you know, her mom and sister. And I'm like, this is a bold move to like go in there, not really have any details on who this person really is. And, and yeah. just like kind of make stuff up as they go along. So they, they, they make up that they knew her from a manga online group and like, yeah. And, and Tim's really, he knows this stuff, I guess. It yeah. Sounded, it sounded I like love how they're like, <laughs> yeah, he could have just been saying anything, but like it worked on me at least. Like I was like, yo, yeah. he knows, he knows what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> So I don't know. Those could have just been any random names, but uh, she. We we learned that May hasn't been home in two years, um, and uh, after that, you know, they. You can tell like the sister's a little hesitant, and uh, um, and the mom's like just kind of like I just just holding on for any kind of information that you may have about uh, Cora, I guess. But you know, her name. I don't know if her name ever comes up. I forget. Um, but um, you know, they end up following the sister into the city um and the sister and i guess knows that they were tracking them finds them and uh the sister mentions the applied experimental uh technologies um mm -hmm. so you know but she you know at first i'm so glad that we got a, a company name because if at first she's like are you with the company uh, is yeah. the company is after her i'm like please don't take this route of doing that you know just <laughs> naming it the company because there's yeah. been so many shows i feel like where where they don't name whatever the 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 entity is, and they just yeah, they'll name it like the entity or yeah. the company or you know the whatever, and it's just I I never I liked couldn't that. believe I, it. I, they I, called I never it liked the company, that. and then they said, "Oh, Hammond's got to leave her alone," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> but you know, I just I'm glad that they came out with uh, applied experimental technologies, as generic as it is, like. I, I was grateful that there was at least a company name. Um, but yeah, so not, I don't, I don't know if we learned too much other than that. So, um, but we do go back to the past and, uh, yeah. and the coworkers are, are messaging, uh, Cora at this time. And, and they're like, uh, Hey, what's, what's going on? Did you upload something? Like what's the boss is on a rampage. The boss, uh, is on a rampage. Oh, it probably said her name right there, Brenda. That's where I was. I, I was just like, I don't but feel she's like, just like this I down. know this was you. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the person, they're like, where are you? And um, so she basically just starts packing her things. And she's like, all right, yeah. what, what's what's going through your mind at this point? What do you think she did uh, before we, we get some more reveals? I kind of, I was like, okay, she's like, well, well, they say, they say something about um, the system going down. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, clearly she's like destroyed the system for some reason because she's discovered something. Yeah. I'm just assuming she like, you know, put a bug in the system and, you know, yeah. took it down, did something like that. So, um, but the fact that like, you know, she's so afraid of this company um you know is is very interesting it, it really tells a story and paints a picture for like who they are uh and uh yeah and, and they're not to be trusted so um and uh we do go cut back to current day and um at this point i was like oh wait what, what's happening like oh, oh so may's now with brenda the old boss brenda. and yeah. i'm like wait what what is happening like, what timeline are we on i was like very confused um <laughs> and and you know the 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 person's like you know why why did you stop like why did you do this what gave you the right to do this um yeah and you know there was just a little argument between them um but we do cut back to the past again it was a lot of quick sequences and um you know, you, we get to see that Cora is trying to enter into the cybernetic neuro interface mm -hmm. unit um, into their mainframe. And she's like trying to guess the passwords, I guess, and try to get in there. And um, and then she does get into a bunker like facility. Um, and uh, and it was, yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff going down in this sequence. It was a very quick sequence. Yeah. Like we we get to see her walking down and uh there's computers there's some equipment and stuff like that and then she gets on the monitor and sees that there's like animal testing going on there's monkeys mm -hmm. in there with some sort of brain neural scanning equipment of some sort and the monkey's freaking out it's smashing on the cage um so at this point how how confirmed was it in your mind 
<laughs> that that you oh, you were on the right path with your theories. I yeah yeah yeah. I, I well I was pretty confident that it was Apex at this point, but the thing that shocked me was the fact that this confirms a really shady detail, which is that Apex were working with Monarch. Um, because like I, I showed you before, mm-hmm. I actually rewound the bit of the episode where she was going into the basement. Because I was like, is that a Monarch logo on that screen? Am I just seeing things? Um, <laughs> and I paused it. And as she goes into the basement, the project, the monitor that's got the display of the scientific experiments on has got a Monarch logo on it. So clearly, either um, applied experimental technologies at this point were working with Monarch or they had stolen Monarch technology and got access to it. But Mm -hmm. it makes sense for them to be working with Monarch because if you think about the context of what we see next, it's them trying to control a primate. And up until this point, the main muto that they've dealt with is Kong. So it makes sense that they're trying to experiment in ways to control him on Skull Island following obviously the missions that we've seen there because we know that from that mission brooks came back from that same with the other main characters as well so it it kind of sets an interesting parallel there where yes you get the connection for the future because you can see that monarch and apex are more connected than you realize in the films but also i think there's really a connection here back to kong as well with perhaps them choosing to experiment with ways to control primates as a direct result of the encounter that you see in that film. Yeah. Yeah. I know, um, you know, obviously there's the, the parallels with, uh, Godzilla versus Kong and, and, uh, and all the stuff that they were doing there. But in my mind, the first thing that popped up <laughs> was, uh, was the, that glove that we see in the, in the trailer, yeah. uh, for the new, the new <laughs> Kong. Because you know there was like equipment on this this monkey in in this video, and I'm like, oh, uh, are we gonna put some equipment on Kong to kind of control Kong? So I was wondering, like, is that glove that we see? I don't know if there's any history to you know a glove like that in this universe or anything, but um, but I was like, is this gonna be some sort of way to control these beasts? You know, to use them yeah. as avatars, you know, for their their own destruction in a way. So I thought. You know, that could be cool. Outside of building your own massive monster, maybe yeah. you could control them as well. Like so yeah, who knows? But I I uh you know, I was freaked out. I, I just uh, you know, it was it was a yeah. sad scene to see uh, all this animal testing and stuff, but uh you know, the bad guys gotta keep batting, you know, they gotta, they gotta keep doing bad stuff. Yeah. So um but we do fly. It's, it's really interesting because obviously you you allude to it a bit as well, but there's the clear connection here with Ghidorah um and how mm. we see Serizara take control of Mecha Godzilla in Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, because yeah. that is using an evolution of this technology which is feeding into that um sort of cybernetic neural interface. And that's exactly what is inside the Ghidorah skull. So it's really yeah. cool seeing kind of the origins of this technology um and realizing that actually monarch are implicitly connected to the destruction of hong kong um which is something that you you would never think in the film you just think that monarch and apex are two separate entities but actually this shows you that there's something much shadier going on and there is so much um crossover and sort of gray area between these companies and organizations as well you know why why do they always got to do this you know like um there's always these massive companies that we want to look up to <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, say like, and I guess it's, it's, you know, based on reality in in some ways, but like, you know, um, but going back to like agents of shield, it's like, Oh, we all love shield shield is awesome. They've got these hover yeah. carriers and, you know, great teams of people, but then we learn they're all Nazis, you know, like basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's terrible. But, um, so I, I just, I find that happening a lot and I just want a good like company we can rely on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that'll well, ever you, happen, but that's, that's Apex <laughs> Cybernetics, Brad. Okay, good, great. Um, <laughs> but uh, but we where, where where are we? So we cut to um, the current timeline again, um, and uh, and Brenda's like, you know, what you saw down there was the future being created. I thought that was a a cool line. It was not much of yes. a, a room, but she's like, whatever you saw down there was the future being created. Um, May we learned that May wiped out years of research. Um, and tons of money, you know, by doing that. Um, 
And then at that same time, uh, Tim and the crew, they find uh, the AAT building. And uh, I love that Tim's like, uh, hold on, I got an idea. And he calls in like a Godzilla alert, <laughs> like a Titan yeah. alert. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was pretty funny. But everybody goes running. Um, he figures that'll help, you know, get them in the building yeah. and all that. So um, I and- love here. The, the scene you get with Verdugo on the plane where she like looks down and sees the alert and literally just goes, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love Tim. He's so funny. He's a great character. He's a really good, uh, you know, uh, addition, I guess, to this universe. I love it when there's like a silly, silly guy that's just doing his thing in these yeah. movies. Um, but uh, Brenda wonders like, what well, you know, uh, why may was like kind of at these emergences over the past little while. Um, she also knows that that test that was happening was a fake test. She's got it. You know, she's like, we would have gotten some warning that yeah. if it was real, um, at, at the same time, like there's a whole lot of blackmailing going on. Cause now she wants to blackmail may to like get information on all the Titans and report back to her. So while there may be some, connection with monarch uh i don't know like i'm i'm, I'm questioning it based off of that because why would she only rely on may uh slash cora to, to yeah. get her the information if they're working in tangent with well, monarch but I, I who knows i don't know what's going on anymore yeah so i i had some thoughts on this i think that the fact that she says they would have had advanced warning means that they are working um yeah with monarch to some extent because clearly they would have let them know but it would be like anything with a security contractor working on a government contract right you only get access to whatever information you need for that contract so it might sure, be yeah. that monarch is saying hey can you develop this for us and they know that there's all this stuff going on with the titans that they're not getting any information about so they actually want to get that information to be able to do more with it and i think this ties into you're gonna love this brad i'm, I'm a details orientated boy right yeah you are. so <laughs> the posters in um in the foyer of the AET building, say if in, in innovation is the reward for persistent experimentation. So I think that kind of encapsulates this, which is this is an organization that wants to know everything. They want to be able to experiment with everything, even if they shouldn't. And that's why they're trying to get this information. But also equally, we know that um, May or Cora had backups of the Monarch files, so it is possible that she potentially sent some of them to them to try and, you know, get them off of her back, so to speak. So that could have easily happened here as well. Yeah, well, she gave the backups to Duval, right? Who yes. then did with them, like, uh, did she keep them or did she pass them along to... AET like I, I don't really know but um but yeah there's there's a lot of potential and I, I'm very I am very confused at the allegiances of everybody basically at this point yes. you know they're basically throwing everything at the wall and just saying like hey you can't really trust anybody here <laughs> like yeah. nobody is very good at this moment um but yeah, apart I don't from know. Tim Apart from Tim, Tim, which I saw in that first episode, I'm like, Tim seems like you a did, good guy. You did. He's a good guy. <laughs> That's the only thing I've gotten right here. I, I I knew that Tim was a good guy. Um, but uh, but you know, we we do get a, a nice flashback to like that sequence we saw in one of the previous episodes of uh, Kintara and May meeting for the first time. Yeah, you know, taking that picture and her popping in in the picture. Um, and uh, then we go back to the current timeline again. Um. And May once again reveals that she was using them. Um, I feel like this is the second time that we've kind of gotten this reveal. Um, but uh, but she also wants them to leave and like get out of here. Um, Verdugo comes and picks up Tim and the kids. They kind of like kidnap them yeah. off the streets. Kate makes a deal uh, with Verdugo in in the car and says like you know um, we'll help you help us get if, mail if, back yeah. and we'll get sure. Yeah. yeah. So so they 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 make a deal for May's release. Um and then at that point like uh the boss, May's boss hears like 
uh, Verdugo's Brenda, on the phone Brent, for you. Brenda. Brenda. I'm not going to call her Brenda. Her name's the boss. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but is, she gets a phone so call or something. So I think there's something. something in this moment as well where she does seem to recognize Verdugo's name. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think they've clearly had a conversation before as well, which again for sure. ties into that whole monarch is connected more here to some extent. Yeah. What, like what? I, I don't know if this show is good or bad because it's like, it's making, <laughs> it's giving me more questions. Do I tell you maybe? what? I don't know. This perfectly. <laughs> do you know what this show, the, the massive triumph of this show is it has managed to sustain over seven episodes the feeling of suspense you get in Captain America the Winter Soldier. Oh, sure. There's a lot of intrigue here. Uh, a lot of thriller yeah. aspects, and yeah, I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, yeah, and that's that's essentially what I was saying before. Is like with with Hydra and everything. You don't know who yeah. is who's on the 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 good side or the bad side. It's it's interesting. Well, Brad, Brad, it's interesting you make that parallel because in Agents of Shield, the message that activates Hydra is out of the shadows. And what is it that Tim says to Verdugo in the next scene? <laughs> that transition. <laughs> Yeah, he's he basically says, "Hey, we got to take uh we got to take uh, Monarch out of the shadows." And um yeah, I thought that was a great scene like Tim, you yes. know, Tim Tim's in the car with her and he's like, "Hey, you happy with this agreement you just made uh with so obviously they just made an agreement with AET, yes. right? And um and you know, they're talking about the PR of it all and and the fake Titan alert and stuff like that. How are we going to handle this and uh, Tim's like, yeah, you you need to handle this. You got to handle the yeah. PR and bring them out of the shadows. And um, and I thought that was a cool sequence. And um, I think uh, you know, again, really I'm questioning though. Like, mm. I, I just I I, I'm like, where, a... what, who, who's in what shadow? Like, why? I didn't. I don't even know yeah. what the sh like shadows are at this point. I'm like, who's there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I thought everybody was out. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I think it's really interesting how you've seen Verdugo become more receptive to Tim's feedback over the course of the episodes. Like, yeah. Because there was a little moment here where he like goes to say something, but he's not sure if she wants to hear it. And she like makes a, a noise that's like, go on. Um, <laughs> so like showing him that she wants to hear it. And I, yeah. I just find that interesting because she's gone from shutting him down and threatening to suspend him to actually really valuing him as this sort of collaborator. And I think it's interesting because it almost sets them up as a pair who are going to end up in charge of Monarch. Um, and that is something that we see going into um, the scene where she does her then press release, where she gives this big talk to the public. Um, because on the news screen, it presents her as Monarch CEO. So even though we know she's deputy director, now in the image of the public, she is the person who is in charge of this organization, which I thought was quite interesting as well, because it's clearly almost a way for her to posture for more influence. Um, so she's then actually able to do something about these titans as well. Um, but equally in that sequence, what I kind of alluded to earlier when we were talking about this is her talking about being a mother um, and you can see again that kind of emotional impact so I wouldn't be surprised if in one of the three episodes we've got left maybe we get a flashback where we find out that she lost a child on G-Day or something similar I just have a feeling there's going to be some kind of emotional weight there because we've seen her hesitate at reference to Godzilla and reference to G-Day on more than one occasion now yeah yeah, I'm just trying to think of all these allegiances and like, you know, with Monarch being in <laughs> with Monarch being in the shadows and also yeah. not not doing anything with the information that they have. You know, we've previously learned that, you know, um, yeah. Why would somebody not do all they can, you know, in that position? Yeah. So it, I don't I don't know. I have no idea what what the plan is, but uh, I'm not trusting Monarch. I'm not trusting anybody at this moment. <laughs> you know, she's on TV. She's giving her nice, like, presidential speech, basically. Yeah. Uh, so... Dude, this, this gave me such an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. vibe as well, because do you remember in season four where Mace does this whole S.H.I.E.L.D. is relaunched with this good organization now, and then, like, two episodes later, it all goes down the pan again? <laughs> I just have the feeling that there is chaos on the horizon. <laughs> You know, I was thinking about it the other day. It has, uh, you know, nothing to do with this, but I was just like, 
Wouldn't it be great if Shield came back? <laughs> yeah, dude, dude. I feel like I, we I need that, that now. Like I feel like we need week. that. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like I was thinking about like the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like kind of needing like a, a good kick here. And I was like, what would be better yeah. than just let's bring back Shield? Let's do it. Like yes. not to show. I don't need to show. Like we we can bring back the show, sure. But I just mean the entity of Shield, like the company. Um. So yeah, yeah let's bring it back. Um. But at this moment, we we get uh, Brenda. She's on the phone with Mr. Simmons, and uh, and uh, it's just like a such a evil little reveal, like the, you know the twist of the camera. Oh, dude, I love and we, this. Yeah. Uh, we get to see Apex Cybernetics logo on the screen. Yeah. Um. So that that like merger or whatever you had talked about before, it's come true, yeah. and we we get to see uh, the transition is uh, fully happening now, and Apex is a real deal. Um. So yeah, that I was like, oh. T- Tom's right about everything. <laughs> Dude, I, I was literally like, I screamed at my telly. I knew it. Like, I, I, I was so excited. Um, I think this is really interesting because she says on the phone to him, if she sticks to our agreement, it could be very fruitful. So this is obviously hinting at them getting more access to Monarch. It might explain how they end up developing the heaves that we see in Godzilla versus Kong, which are the uh, vehicles that can go into the Hollow Earth. Because obviously, how are Apex going to know about the Hollow Earth? They're now working with Monarch. So I still feel like everything is pointing towards the Hollow Earth being a part of this story, especially yeah. as we come to talk about the end in a second. Well, um, yeah, I so mean, I it, think... it connects It connects all those dots. You, you've been questioning it does, all this yeah. time about, like, how do they make that jump into Godzilla, King of the Monsters, like, being, like, this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.-type company where, like, you know, they've yeah. got the flying ships and crazy, you know, stuff. So this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this, well, this yeah, agreement. We, we could find out that Apex has developed all of that technology, like you're suggesting, which then, mm-hmm. then is really fascinating because, obviously... You can question a lot of the efficacy around that, question whether they've been doing other things with Monarch technology behind the scenes, because obviously we know that they develop Mechagodzilla, we see that in GVK, but it then opens this really interesting question, doesn't it, of actually what else have they been doing with the access that Monarch has given them that potentially isn't above board? And I think that that is potentially depending on where this series ends setting us up with some really really interesting territory to explore in a subsequent series <laughs> yeah it, and honestly like seeing how any of this maybe connects like is there a timely reveal of all this is there a reason we're getting this show right now before the next film like uh, mm-hmm. you know i'll be interested to find out so um i'll I, like I'm, my eyes are going to be on the lookout dude in the next movie like it's going to be crazy i'm going to be like tom i'm going to be you're actually going to see agent t running around in the background <laughs> somewhere there he is you didn't tell Get me stumped on by godzilla <laughs> Please. Yes. Um, but we do. We're, at this point, we get cut to uh, the Alaskan Rift. Um, yes. We're out there again. And Shaw is in it's a helicopter. The first time. I was just going to point out this episode is the first time we hear it referred to as a rift as well, which is. Quite oh, true. Yeah. 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 We got like a little glimpse of the light, you know, pouring out of the sky and yeah. stuff uh, previously. So um, but now we're flying over top of it in this helicopter and they begin to set off charges all around it. And um, at this point, like Shaw is, to me, feeling like very much like just like a a villain, like a, a true villain. Yes. And it's, you know, there's a tornado being created by the charges and the, the rift and everything. It's like spinning wildly out yeah. of control. They're almost not making it out of there in time. And then like the rift closes and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, just like going crazy. He about literally how- like screams. Yeah. So, right, okay, so, so I'm like, is he is are are we dealing now with Shaw the villain, like the pure villain? Like, I don't know. No. What what are we dealing no. with here? Because because okay. to me, like he want he just he mentioned obviously I think in the last episode that like he is he wants to help Godzilla, not harm Godzilla. So is yeah. this a way to help Godzilla to close off the portal to to not make other creatures come through that could potentially kill him? Like, what's the deal? What are you thinking? Yes, no, I think you're spot on with exactly what I think is going to happen, which is I think the next three episodes are going to explain how Shaw is as fit and healthy as he is at the age he is. And that is because the accident involved (laughs) him going to the Hollow Earth 
And I, <laughs> I'm gonna edit no, no, no. Out every time you mention going into the hollow earth, going into the hollow earth, going into going into the hollow earth, the hollow earth. I'm sorry, this is your no, accent now. <laughs> it, it, it makes sense, right? Hear me out, because he's seen what's on the other side of that rift, so uh -huh. he knows some of the creatures that we haven't encountered yet, but are going to appear, and he wants to stop them from being able to get into the earth. So that's why yeah. he's sealing the rift. Um, so I think he's helping Godzilla because he thinks if he seals all of the rifts, they can coexist with Godzilla, but they potentially can't coexist with whatever else could come through. And so that's why he's doing it. So I think his motivations are actually pure, but the way he's doing it is anything but pure. Um, now, obviously, it's interesting to think about the fact that we know that these portals still exist by the time of GVK. And um, presumably some of the other Titans that we see in King of the Monsters, like, um, oh, I can't remember its name off of the top of my head, but the massive like woolly mammoth, essentially, presumably they've come from other rifts, although they are contained at facilities, right? So there, there's a lot of different pieces to this puzzle in the sense that we know that Monarch have several facilities around the globe and several of those facilities already have Titans contained in them. So they're Titans that have already come through from the Hollow Earth, if that's where all of the Titans mm -hmm. come from. So it could yeah. be that actually this series is going to show us them sealing the Hollow Earth as best as they can then the Titans in King of the Monsters are the Titans that are already contained because we know there was already a facility holding Rodan. We know there was already a facility holding Mothra. We know there was already the facility holding Ghidorah. So theoretically, you don't need a rift to get any of those monsters to appear in that film anyway. And then GVK is then when they go back through the rift because that's finally when they take the trip to the Hollow Earth. So I could see it conceivably being that this show is essentially explaining to us why the hollow earth and all of the creatures that exist in it haven't been a problem in the monsterverse up until this point because this is how they prevent it being a problem so in in that way sure is sort of trying to save people but he's doing it in a really backwards way because he doesn't feel like monarch are responding quickly enough to it um, and what i think you will see is my big prediction is our finale is going to be these um, spikes that they're detecting is going to be another Titan emerging from the Hollow Earth. And that will be him then saying, look, I was right all along. You should have acted quicker to resolve this. Um, so I think it's, it's all heading towards a really interesting um, ending point. I'm just curious as to how they resolve it and whether we get, okay, that's it, we're done. Or if they leave it open for more, because I think they're kind of answering a lot of questions in terms of where say apex has come from what the history of monarch is but there's definitely still scope to explore a lot more than i think they'll be able to do in three episodes yeah and i wonder how much like how much of their budget are they saving for like some sort of maybe big battle sequence or yeah. something like that like um, there was not much in this one obviously like they it was mostly just about the people there was one yeah. little shot of uh that one Titan kind of like jumping at a helicopter, I believe. Uh, yes. Which is a great shot. Great shot, by the way. But, um, but yeah, maybe they are saving it for like a, a reemergence of something else. Um, well, the whole time while you were talking about maybe Shaw going down there, um, I'm thinking, you know, about what I said before, how maybe it connects to the next movie. I'm like, dude, what if he sees that Scar King uh, Titan, you know, the, the one that, that I would love like, that. Yeah. Dude, how how sick would that be? He's like, dude, we can't. We got another gorilla down there, man, and uh, a monkey, whatever. Yeah. And we, you know, we cannot uh, mess with that one. Like, it's it's yeah. gonna be like, there's a whole crew of them down there. We got to close this off. So uh, it could be interesting to see if it does connect in that way uh, to the next movie. That would be cool. Yeah. Can you imagine if we find out after this series finishes that Shaw's gonna be in the next movie? I'd be like, what? <laughs> That'd be a great little reveal. I don't know. I don't, I, you know, like at that point, that he's 105 years old. <laughs> yeah, because it's, uh, I don't know when the next one's going to be set, but uh, I feel oh, like. Oh, dude, it's imagine be... he shows up. He shows up <laughs> like the scientific advisor in Doctor Who. At this point, he's got a Zimmer frame, but the Zimmer frame has like a flick down missile that he can fire. Out. <laughs> 
as soon he's gonna be like uh, that that the face of Boehm or whatever in, in Doctor <laughs> Who. It's just gonna be a face, right? Uh, just like yeah, you know, isn't that what it was called? Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a great episode. Uh, it was a little confusing in in some of the aspects for me, but yes. I was like, you know. It, it revealed so much that I still I still had a great time with it and uh, and yeah I just I really love the the layers that the show is giving us and, and and there's so many questions I have so many questions so I'm like <laughs> is this making it messier for me or not like I don't know I just really hope that they don't leave us like kind of guessing with so many of these things and uh, yeah me too and, and give us some clear answers how many how many episodes we got left eight nine ten three. three? Three, so we still yeah. got we still got a lot of time left um, to tell some really great stories. So looking forward to it. So I am I am gonna just touch on very quickly the detail that I sent you that absolutely blew my mind, which is after seeing Apex come back, I wanted to go back and watch a clip from Godzilla versus Kong. Um, so I watched the clip of when Godzilla attacks the Apex facility, <laughs> and the device that they use to lure Godzilla in is a circular ball device that is giving off a frequent um vibration and sound exactly similar to what we see in the lake in the prior episode and what we see Hiroshi working with at the end of the episode to wake up Godzilla so it's interesting because this is a precursor I think to the technology that Apex used to cause the chaos we see in Godzilla versus Kong and when you think about it the deal that Verdugo's made potentially means that they get access to that technology once Hiroshi's back and is working with Monarch again. So it's really interesting to think about how this show is showing us how whatever these characters are doing now, even if they're able to resolve the situation um, as it's unfolding in this show and stop another emergence event, ultimately their actions in this show do cause the chaos that we see in Godzilla versus Kong. So I think yeah. that's a really cool connection because it shows that, you know, even if you are able to prevent something from happening in this instance, actually the decisions you make to enable that may have repercussions further down the line. And I just, I think that's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's what this show is telling us about Monarch in general. You know, that all you have to do is miss one meeting and yeah. the future of Monarch is completely different. You know, that's, that's all it took yeah. for them. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, you know, I, I fully believe you're right there that, you know, any little choice that they make, like, yes, they can wrap up this story, whatever they're telling um, with, with their dad and stuff like that. Like that stuff can all be revealed. They, you know, don't necessarily need to be a part of further storytelling, I think. But um, but the overall story, a story of connecting these companies together, these, you know, yeah. massive corporations to maybe do worse <laughs> or better. Who knows? But uh yeah, I love it. Um, well, I think it's, well it's... I, hey, I'm going to blow your mind here, right? Let's say that they decide to treat this as an anthology type series. So we get this series and it's done, right? And we know that these characters reunited with Hiroshi and that's it. There's nothing stopping the next series, if they were to do a season two, following Zerazara in the build-up to The King of the Monsters yeah. or following russell in the build-up to it or even giving us more backstory on the facility that's at kong Skull island or anything like that there's there's a lot of scope for them to kind of explore some of the characters they've already introduced as well which i think is quite exciting yeah absolutely and and i think there's enough you know confusion as to who did what and what the timelines are and all this stuff that they could <laughs> further explore plenty of other stories yeah so uh, yeah, <laughs> I I dig it. And what is uh? Do we know anything about the next yes. episode? Do you have those titles? And, yes. And, uh, so episode eight is birthright, and it says the team goes back to where things all began to confront Shaw on the brink of collapse. Monarch takes drastic measures. Ooh, okay. I hope you We're... appreciated the extra oration there to make that really hit. Yeah, it hit me like in my soul. <laughs> Great work. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see y'all next time. I think because uh, it's yeah. it's winding down, but we still got plenty of time left. But uh, I have no idea. I have no idea what's gonna happen next. No <laughs> idea. I'm excited, man. Anywhere uh, people can find you online if they want to talk some more Come, know, monarch. Yeah, hang out at Tom underscore Jurassic on Twitter and Instagram. When are you opening up the Tom underscore Monarch or Agent 
underscore T. Uh, when, when are those happening? <laughs> If if Jurassic Park dies, which considering Jurassic Didn't you Park hear? survival is on the horizon, isn't likely. Uh, <laughs> I thought I heard that Jurassic Park was done. I thought that's what I heard, isn't it? <laughs> I, I I mean, <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment on the attitudes towards the brands, Brad. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's Tom. Thank you, Tom, for uh, being a, a lovely co-host and get, bringing all of the information that i couldn't possibly bring uh i'm just here to tell what happened in the episode and let you comment on it uh <laughs> but you can find me uh on threads uh the podcast on threads um and on i'm on letterbox i like doing a lot of stuff on letterbox so go find me over there uh, just search for my name brad jost uh but thank you so much for watching uh, you can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms out there. Which one is it? It's this one. Boom. Uh, there you go. On uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Audible, Amazon Music, good places like that. The podcast, like I said, on Threads, on Instagram, on TikTok, and Facebook. You can find us there. Um, that's it, though. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody. See you then. <laughs>